Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, hello, Kathy. Uh, it's uh, guest day today, Thursday, uh, and we're so excited to have with our guests uh, Rick and Kelly Ferris uh, out of Rhode Island, uh, and we're excited to have them uh, join us and hear their story, and uh, they've been part of our ministry uh, for uh, several years now, and uh, they actually give it away and, and lead others uh, in this process, uh, and they've been doing, we can talk a little bit about uh the real uh, fantastic opportunity you've had with your entire church leadership uh, that's developing right now, how fun that is. But uh, yeah, they are two of my favorite people. I'm excited for everybody to get to, to just hear their story some too. And um, I have a personal bias because Rick is a good portion of the reason that we even know Rich and Linda and ever got involved with um, Living Waters Ministries. So I, I credit him to that with his C12 leadership. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's uh, exciting. And Dan, and Dan, as he shared, he's part of C12, led by Rick. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's, that's pretty cool. It has cool. been a blessing. Yep. So welcome. Uh, yeah. We love you guys. And uh, uh, I think to start with, uh, for our audience, why don't you each share, how did you each come to know Christ in your life? Well, since you were first before me, then go first before me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for the warm welcome. Um, I came to know Jesus in a personal way when I was 14 years old. So I had a family member that I was taking a walk with. My grandparents owned a campground. And so I can vividly recall this time walking down the campground dirt road. And she said to me, Kelly, did you know that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus? And I literally remember my heart jumping because oh. any time I could have more of Jesus, I wanted more. And I know that God had just put that love for him in my heart the, from the day I was born. Um, so that started my journey, but I was the only one in my household that, um, that knew Jesus. and. Mm. Um, it wasn't until many, many, many years later that my uh, parents came to know the Lord. So um, that had an impact on my walk because when you're walk, you're a young person, a teenager and a young adult walking by yourself with no one to come alongside you, you don't always make um, right choices. <laughs> However, I, I'm very thankful for that. That's how I came to know the Lord. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And one of those not right choices was letting her, she let her, God let her out on this long leash long enough to find me. <laughs> so, so I was one of those. If we don't have the dogs in, they're just going to be barking outside the door. So excuse that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's part of your family. That's part of our family. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, God, God let Kelly out just far enough, making the, making uh, those choices to, uh, to find me. Um, so we were, 
we were not both believers. Um, I always sensed God tugging on my heart. I, I remember my mom who passed away when I was very young, used to wake me up in the middle of the night as a young kid to watch Billy Graham crusades. You know, she'd oh, wow. wake me up and watch it on the black and white TV, you know, and, and he was always tugging on my heart. But oddly enough, God used the marketplace to really uh, kind of get, get hold of me. Um, we were working out with a trainer in a gym and he was a believer and he was speaking to me about the gospel. And then I uh, made a big career change and I'm working with a guy and he's reading his Bible at lunchtime. And so God kind of worked, uh, set me up for C12 many, many, many years before I got there. And um, yeah, then, uh, yeah, he just, uh, I remember Kelly was going back to church and I was a little resentful of that, her uh, mm. going and, and, you know, why don't we do something else Sunday morning? So I went with her one Sunday morning and um, January 91, and uh, and God just uh, grabbed hold of my heart and and uh, I did the very slow gradual turn at first and then uh, when our son was born and then the years went on it was kind of get the 180 and get going and still making the turn yeah yeah that's beautiful uh, and uh, you you described by that time were you married already by that time yeah we were okay tell us about can you tell us how you met yeah how did you meet that. how did you meet and how to what decided to get married. So I worked for a doctor and um, this young man would come in the back door of the doctor's office, block me in so that when it was time for me to leave, I couldn't leave. And it really annoyed me until one time I actually met this young man <laughs> at so said doctor's birthday party. And uh, the next day I say that he came in pretending he was sick. <laughs> and um, and then he asked me uh, on a date to go out sailing. And so that started the adventure. Oh, so how fun. The doctor was a best friend of mine. He was he was like a big brother all my life. And uh, and I wasn't feeling well, but uh, he, he told me, <laughs> you know, you got to get in and meet my Kelly girl. You got to get in and meet my Kelly girl. And, and so I went in and he had her job was drawing blood. So so we met by her drawing blood from me. <laughs> and went on our first date went sailing for our first date ah. that's a pretty good first date right yeah, there yeah, yeah. how did it how, how did your relationship develop from there and when did you decide to get married after that Ooh. um so it yeah it just we were just kind of on a wild ride young adults out having fun and um and we got married. So we met in 1981 and we were married in 1984. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Anything else in, in that process of three years of, <laughs> that attracted you to each other? Or? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea what attracted her. She got attracted to me. <laughs> I, I still haven't figured that out. You, mar you married up, Rick. Oh, well, someone told me I, I outpunted my coverage. That's it. It is interesting that you say that, Rich, because Rick and I literally could not be more opposite. I was brought up in the country, not wearing shoes, loving that big, big, big family, young family. Rick was brought up in a country club wearing bobby socks and playing tennis <laughs> and with much older parents. His parents were the same age as my grandparents. Ah. And his sister is older than my mom so very very different upbringing yet I think part of that you know opposites attract and the differences 
attracted. I certainly was attracted to Rick by a really different lifestyle. It, it mm-hmm. interested me. Um, and he, you know, on our dates exposed me to things that I'd never been exposed to. I barely left my little hometown. Um, so yeah, that, that was, yeah. How long into y'all's marriage then did you become a Christian Rick? Yeah. So we were married and yeah, it was, it was seven years and, and that was a bumpy seven years. You know, I was wondering, so what do you see? Can you see like just some major difference? Did you see a shift right away? Did you see kind of gradual shift in how you did things? How did that play out? Wow. Um, I mean, it's been a constant shift. I mean, I, I was, um, I was, um, self-centered, um, driven, quad a personality started a you know a couple of small businesses racing power boats uh i mean i was yeah i was just um you know get on board or get out of the way and uh you know just um marrying kelly it just you know started a shift but that was the rub at first right and then uh once coming to faith and then i think i think when our oldest son was first born that was okay i gotta get serious about this mm. and um it just has, you know, it's just grown ever since. I mean, she's been, she's been Kelly's been truly a, a spiritual uh, rock in our family for for years. I mean, people talk about me, you know, being in C12 and things like that. But you know, even even with abiding, we went six years ago this October was our first abiding retreat, and uh, but it's something Kelly's done for the 37 years I've known her in marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, it's kind of cool. I'm just I'm 65. I'm just starting to catch up with her a little bit now. <laughs> uh as you uh uh you know seven years into your marriage came to know christ uh how long have you been married now how many years 37 right 37, 37. July 7th. yeah beautiful oh, got it right congratulations 30 30 years uh after you came to know christ and you're now yeah. uh, uh believers together what have been some of the significant uh god moments during that 30 years uh in terms of just where you saw God really at work uh, in your lives and in your marriage and your family career. Uh, what are some of those things that you can uh, remember? We've had a couple of big ones. Which one do you want to take first? Well, so I would say kind of backing up a little bit to um, your earlier question with Rick, definitely the birth of our son, we both knew uh, we wanted to raise him in the church. And so there was no doubt we were going back to church. And so from the time he was 10 days old, we went into the church and, but Rick wasn't fully invested yet. He would listen, <laughs> but it wasn't until John was about three years old. Um, something got, you know, something Holy spirit got into Rick's heart mm. and he finally accepted an invitation. It had a really great men's ministry there and a very wonderful pastor. And they would invite Rick all the time. And he always had excuses, but for some reason, right around that time, the Lord, the Holy spirit moved Rick to accept. And so he started to grow, he got baptized. And then there was something a little challenging that happened in the church that um, drew Rick specifically into um, peacemaking, biblical peacemaking. Mm. And that was absolutely transformational. I would just stare at him and think, who are you? (laughs) Uh, It was so, uh, it was shocking, honestly. 
um, to see that work. And it, it's, it's happened a couple of times. Um, so truly, you know, not, not to get too far ahead, but since abiding and mm -hmm. being connected with you, Rich, um, you know, there are other, other uh, transformational moments. So yeah. that would be the one that I would speak to, you know, just involvement with um, just getting into the word. Yes. That's what that was all about was learning. What did God have to say about conflict and forgiveness mm. and all of mm. that? Um, very, very transformational at that point. Yeah, for me, that, you know, that's like getting on a rocket ship. But all of a sudden, I realized that God's word had, it, it was more than this um, text that you study in church. And all of a sudden, it was this, hey, wait a minute, there's a way for me to live my life here. There's direction for every aspect of life. You know, that was, that was huge to me, just as to, um, to just be, to know that you could go into God's word and, and really, really get an answer to every situation. So that was that was a big transformational point there. We have a we've had a couple of big milestones mm -hmm. uh, in our journey together. Um, you know, our um, <laughs> we so we have two boys. We have John, who's now twenty seven, about to be twenty eight, and uh, Michael. And John is our biological son, and Michael we adopted in Russia. And we were <laughs> we were on our boat on Block Island, living the dink life. Um, and and Kelly said to me, I she said I had a dream. Um, that I woke up and we were in our fifties and forgot to have kids. <laughs> we were just having so much fun. Sailing around the world. Whoops, whoops, I forgot that part. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. so, okay. Uh, so, you know, maybe 10 months later, uh, John is born. And, and so very shortly after that, I mean, two years later, Kelly's like, you know, I really wanted to have a sibling. I said, okay, I got it right the first time, you know, we'll, <laughs> and uh, we, we tried, you know, tried getting pregnant and it just wouldn't happen. And um, mm. we did everything. We went through uh, all the different testings and treatments and, and you know, all those just struggling, uh, you know, treatments that you go through in that. And, and it was tough. It was tough as a, I know it was tough on Kelly. It was tough on me as a dad, as a husband, um, praying with my pastor uh, about, you know, just kind of what to do with this. And and in his prayer, he just said adoption. And I hadn't even thought about it. And, mm. and God just hit me with a brick and said, you know, this, are you listening? You know, and, and so we started the process of adopting our son, Michael. And, and we knew that we knew that we knew as soon as we together, you know, in unity, were seeking him, uh, that he had a boy in Russia and it was our job to go get him. Uh, wow. We didn't know who he was. We didn't know what. We had other temptations along the way, but we would just um, we just knew that one answer, and we just pursued it through. So that was that was a big transformational one. Another one was um, starting C twelve. Um, that was kind of our. Uh, we hadn't taken our first abiding class, but we realized that we didn't do such a bad job at it. I guess the first time. So we uh, I had sold my business, and we were struggling with the decision. I had a position offer within my industry to make a lot of money. I had a position offer to be an executive pastor at our church and not make much money. And I had the opportunity of C12, which meant make no money. <laughs> <laughs> so we agreed to send the two boys off to Kelly's mom's for the weekend. We were gonna get out our Bibles. We were gonna pour a pot of coffee and, and uh, we were gonna talk, we were gonna pray. We were gonna just spend the weekend seeking God about the decision of C12. and. Uh, I think it took us about 45 minutes on that Saturday morning. And 
Kelly looked at me and I looked at her and we said, yep, it's C12. And we said, well, how are we going to pay for it? Don't know. How are we going to pay the mortgage? Don't know. How are we, you know, no idea, but it was clearly, uh, clearly God's will. And we clearly heard it together in unity. And, and that was, that was a big turning point. Yeah. That was a market. How many years ago was that? That was, uh, 2009. We just okay. hit 12 years, June of 2009. Okay. And how many uh, groups do you have now? So I now have uh, three CEO groups and I have an associate chair who has another CEO group and we also have two key player groups. So we have um, four CEO groups and, and two key player groups. And, and we're in a population that, you know, in, up here in New England where, uh, where Kathy knows, you know, it's Barna stats are below 2%. Mm -hmm. you know? And, and uh, I said, I have a board of advisors and I said to them last year, if I ever came to you and said, hey guys, I got an idea. I'm going to start this round table. We're going to get Christian business owners around New England to come together for a day. They're going to pay good money. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, we would have laughed hysterically, right? <laughs> at that being a possibility. Yeah. Um, but we have, um, we've got about 40 companies. Uh, we've got about 40, 48 members in total. And uh, just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's a beautiful uh, uh, just testimony of, of what God showed you. He's, he's fulfilled it. Um, mm -hmm. and, yeah. I, and I know you're having the time of your life. And then yeah. Kelly, do you still, um, you're working, uh, what kind of a company are you working for? What are you doing? Yes. I work for a valve integrator company and I, um, and the, I am the, uh, administrator, um, manager for, um, the team that supports the outside sales and inside sales, um, and so we've gone through a big transition. Uh, the company has been sold. It's a small family-owned company, and it's recently been sold a little over a year ago. And um, so I'm in a different place uh, than I was, different position than I was. Mm -hmm. I'm now in leadership and management. And so um, certainly abiding has been key um, to helping me uh, make decisions and um, move forward with with my team. Yep. Yeah. And are you in a Christian work environment, or are you simply in in your role abiding on how you lead? Is that something that is top down at the company, or? Good question. It's um, so it was founded on Christian principles, um, mm -hmm. but even so, probably there are forty five percent of us that are Christians within the company. We oh, do have a great. chaplain that comes in, but um, uh, as far as abiding, uh, that's just um, on my own. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. With regard to that. So. Yeah. Great. Well, you've talked about uh, both of you talked about. Um, abiding uh, as it now impacts your life and your marriage and uh, work, et cetera. Uh, tell us uh, each a little bit about uh, what that has meant to you. What does that look like to you? How do you, uh, one, one thing for our audience is, uh, Kathy and I have talked about uh, how it works, but it's really helpful for them to get practical insight mm -hmm. of, well, how do you, how do you go about doing it? Um, and they can relate to that. So we'd love to hear your experience with abiding and how do you do it and what it's meant to you. Yeah, as I said earlier, you know, I would, I, we had sought God's will and things before, but never really fully understanding a way to go about that. Yeah. And so when we, um, 
did our first abiding retreat. As I said, it'd be six years, October. Um, <laughs> to be honest, it was, so it was all C12 members and, and I was just focused mostly on, you know, who was hungry, who was antsy, who was paying attention and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, but it's funny because uh, I, I remember, and this really has struck me recently, and it's not a direct answer to that question, Rich, but, but one of the things is writing down our uh, desires of our right, heart. Right. And mm. I'd forgotten all about it. Um, and I pulled out a notebook when we went up to have our retreat last October. And I said, well, I don't think this one has too much in it. It was from, it was a little, the little journal from the very first one. And it only had a few notes in the first pages because we used the workbook and, but it had my heart's desires written in it. I had seven of them written out uh -huh. and, um, four of them have happened. Wow. That's fantastic. Oh, that's beautiful. And they I were not that. things that, um, they were not things that, um, well, I, I you know, so uh you may remember rich we we uh we we talked we had a i had a real uh, serious uh, debt issue yep. to deal with from yep. my company yep. and um you know you you felt that, that god was saying he wanted to relieve me of that and that was one of my heart's desires was to get up on it and god relieved us of that <laughs> um i also had our our oldest son was kind of running a little wild and free and not walking with the lord at the time and i prayed that he would meet a wonderful christian woman and and get back in his faith. And don't you know, that's, he actually married a beautiful woman named Faith. And uh, they are just, uh, they're actually, they're teaching abiding now. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Um, awesome. And uh, another one of, of the ones I had was that we would one day be able to have either a, either a big enough boat or RV where we could be a family together. And uh, we just bought that this spring. And so it just, it, it's kind of cool, but it's, for me, my abiding is, um, um, pretty much getting, I, t I tend to find something that God in particular has on my heart and uh, pricks my heart with, and then I follow that. And I just kind of follow through on that. Uh, I remember sharing, I think with you a few months ago, he put the word insight on my heart. Right, and I spent, right. I spent about a month and a half on, <laughs> on, mm -hmm. on insight and, and where he talks about, you know, knowledge and wisdom and insight and just processing that. And through that, I was dealing with some tough situations with some, uh, in, in our C12. And through that, he just gave me this amazing insight. Um, I do retreats a couple of times a year by myself, either for a full day or two days. And, and a year ago, I was asking God about a purchase to make. And I got up in the morning on my retreat and just wrote out at the top of my journal, you know, do not make that purchase. And then a year later, we found, you know, that he had such a greater blessing on the other side of that. So mm. um, yeah, so it's, it is, as you talk about, it is, it is a really cool journey. And it, and it is also a real stress reliever. I mean, it really is. It, we don't have a whole lot of burden to carry. We just no. follow the way. Which yeah. is and when you, uh, when you, uh, you made a statement uh, that through this, uh, Kathy and I have talked a little bit about this, uh, that you get an impression from the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. yep. uh, pay attention. Right. Uh, and you got that and you said, OK, I, I, I think you're supposed to you're trying to teach me and show me something about insight. And then you said, I, I spent a month and a half in that. Yeah. What when you say that, explain to the audience exactly when you say I spent a month and a half in that. What did yeah. what did you do? What what did that look like that you spent a month and a half in that? 
I know it and, sounds a little and crazy. even if What's you that? don't mind going going further into the detail a little bit because I'm just thinking you are in the thick of ministry and you have a ministry type schedule and so for anybody who's in ministry for them to hear how you differentiate your personal time with God from your ministry time with God I think that's just good if you can give them some practical this is what it looks like in my life as well yeah, that's, that's good, Kathy. I mean, I, I think like anybody, you know, it's an ebb and flow, but I also know that, um, that if, if I don't have my time listening to what God has to say and asking him and, and I go into my uh, one-on-ones, you know, I spent an hour with Dan earlier today. And mm-hmm. uh, if I go into that in my flesh, uh, boy, I'm in trouble. I just, you know, it's, if I try to be the answer guy or whatever, it, it just, uh, it's uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. I feel awkward in it. Um, so I have, I just have to, I have to get that, you know, that, that daily, you know, quiet time with him. Um, sometimes it's a fair amount of journaling. Sometimes it's a very little amount, but it's just, I I have to have that walking into it. And especially into my C12 meeting days, uh, the enemy doesn't like us to have good C12 meetings. Right. That's right. Um, so, uh, I have in, in, in 12 years and up to four and five meetings per month, I have never started a C12 meeting day without Kelly praying for that meeting in the morning. So, uh, um, so far I've survived every one, so I'm not going to stop, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just having that fuel, but getting back to insight, uh, again, I was just seeking God on how to handle a, a pretty sticky situation. And I thought in my, in my knowledge, and I believe I have, uh, God's given me a a, um, strong gift of discernment. And I thought that I had it dialed in and figured out. And um, then he he poked me uh, with insight. I don't even remember exactly how I could look back in my journal. And so I started this dive on on insight or in some versions, you know, understanding. And and it was amazing because they just, you know, cross-referencing and the different places. And it's a different emphasis than wisdom. It's a different emphasis than knowledge. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and then through that, um, he taught me then and, and even times since then uh, about how to really seek him for insight, supernatural insight into a situation, especially with one of my members. And, uh, and he provides it. As you... Uh... Uh, you know, you said you cross-referenced. Um, what's the role? What was the role of journaling your uh, dialogue with God? Uh, you're receiving as you're receiving the word, but it's not an intellectual study. No. Uh, it actually, and you described it. <laughs> you actually now believe it and experience it, and you <laughs> you get insight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what, how did you uh, go deeper with that in terms of the journaling, the dialoguing, uh, the cross-referencing? Um, what did that look like? Uh, you know, just like what we talk about in abiding uh, in, in our retreats and in, in the work when I was, it was, um, he, he, he pricked my heart with, with the word when I was praying about something in, in a particular verse. And uh, so I said, okay, uh, looked at the cross-reference on it, wrote out the verse. Um, looked at the cross-reference on it. Um, I looked at two or three, and then one of those really pricked my heart as I touched it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a feely kind of guy, you know? And so uh, it's okay. Um, wh- what are you saying here, Father? And just, you know, praying quietly and asking and listening and then moving on to, okay, what is the next, what is the next verse? And where are you leading me from here? And, 
and writing that out and then writing out what I heard him saying to me there. And, and through that process, it was, it was, it was so much of a, a little bit of an academic process of understanding, you know, theologically what he means by insight. But at the same time, he was then starting to reveal the insight he wanted to give me along the path right. on the situation. Yeah. And yeah, that's and, beautiful. Um, one question we always ask each other, um, did you enjoy that? Oh, it, it was, you know, it was such a blast that, that um, I'm kind of like waiting for the next insight word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I have three little things on a post-it in my journal that I each day have been abiding on, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm waiting right now for that poke, you know, because yeah. that was so, so much fun and it was so exciting. Yeah. I'm kind of like, Hey, okay, what's, what's the next one? So, yeah. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Kelly, how about you? How's that, how's that look like for you? How's that been looking like for you? So it's, um, it's, def it's different for me. It, it tends to be one of two ways. So either I am seeking an answer to something. Um, and so I'm, again, abiding or usually then that's a situation between Rick and I, like for mm -hmm. instance, we were seeking, um, the Lord's answer on whether we should buy the boat yep. before we got it. And yep. so we were abiding individually. Um, one of the most important um, things that came out of our first abiding retreat is the importance of unity. Mm -hmm. That was really uh, mind blowing to me um, because I, I can, for the most part, I'm pretty flexible, easygoing, um, but that's, that's not unity. No. And so, <laughs> no. And so realizing that God wanted us to be in unity. And for, there was shortly after we did the first retreat, God gave us a very, very challenging situation. And, um, I just kept saying back to God, you, you promised that where there is unity, you command the blessing. So that helped me with even my thought life as I would mm. be upset with Rick because we were, we were in a disagreement. Um, and so, so it, that's a, that's a example of one type of time that I am seeking the Lord. So yep. it's very specific. I'm seeking for answers. I'm seeking for unity. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing, um, I alluded to it a little bit. Um, so I'm a very uh, introspective person when it comes to the Lord. And I ask him a lot to bring to light things that are not pleasant to him. And I'm a mm -hmm. woman, so I'm emotional. And I can, um, I'm not verbally emotional. I'm, my thought life is emotion. So right now, uh, the Lord led me to uh, Colossians 3, 12 through uh, 13. Yep. And um, sorry, 14. And so that's a passage that, that's an example of a passage that I am now abiding in meditating, ruminating, mm -hmm. um, because he has a lot to say to me through that passage. And I'll continue to journal it, ask questions, cross-reference. It will be a process um, until it's inside me and I own it. And I worked it out, kind of that transformational metamorphosis um, mm -hmm. type of uh, 
of growth and insight yep. not inside me. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a, a great description. Uh, Kathy and I have uh, tried to uh, help people understand there really are both of those going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, you have questions, you have issues, decisions, things that we call need to be resolved. Um, mm -hmm. And you're specifically, and, and we'll talk about that in a second, uh, together you're seeking the answer to that. Yeah, hey God, I need an answer. Um, and that's going on and that, and that needs to go on all the time. Not that you uh, are doing that every single day. It's as things become known, you're abiding and rela relating and getting an answer. <laughs> and then secondly is that he's always gonna have something to say to you personally. Mm -hmm. um, and, you, and you beautifully said it is uh, you stay in it until you own it, <laughs> mm -hmm. until it becomes you. And it really is now experience. And what Kathy and I have tried to explain people is uh, you're receiving truth. Then the question becomes, do you believe it? Mm -hmm. And then are you experiencing it? Um, and Rick and Rick and Kelly have just described to us that they don't really leave something until those things happen. Um, and it's no rush to it. It's because it's God's work. It's just, uh, and uh, as Rick said, uh, and I know Kelly, uh, what your answer would be, but have you enjoyed, even when mm -hmm. God's challenging you, have you enjoyed that? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I want the other side. Yeah. I know it <laughs> is mm -hmm. best, right? Um, and once it's there, it can never be taken away. So mm -hmm. I want that. I'm, I'm seeking that. Yeah. Right. Um, and the, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and our, our thought is, well, why wouldn't everybody do that? You know, don't you right? want, don't you want to live that way? I mean, how fantastic is that? And when you start to do it, it, it keeps uh, giving you the joy of, hey, I can hardly wait to see what's next because uh, I want that. Um, and then yeah, you, one, one thing I would say about that, though, Rich, <laughs> one of our first where I really first saw that with Kelly is we had gone through a process to sell our business. Um, actually, I had an employee and it was a brutal uh, situation and then going into the process to sell the business we came undone and Kelly comes I'm, sitting, I'm in the living room and Kelly comes into the living room and she won't she won't speak and until she really has it owned and as she described and she came walking into the living room and she said I believe God is calling you out of this business and I'm like no way. I'm known in the industry and this industry is growing at such a tremendous rate and everything else or whatever. What's funny is she didn't tell me everything until later. What she told me later is that God told her that he was taking me out of the business and into a ministry. And she, oh, wow. She, and so she knew I wasn't ready to handle all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but but to your point so if she, so if that were you know i i understand and i agree we, it's exciting um but boy you have to experience because if you ever said to me at that time this journey i'm going to take you on to become a c12 chair and to do this i, I would have said you know come on no no way you know right. but now yeah. having uh, now riding god's wave on this surfboard man there's just nothing like yeah that. it's beautiful and you both um uh, described about uh, unity uh, in decision making, and um, uh, you went through a process. You said about buying a boat, um, very practical thing. 
Uh, tell us, uh, both of you talked to us about just that process. How did that, how did that start? How did you process it? How did you come to understand that that was God's will for you? And really, even if you, you know, if you did, if you took notes in a journal on it or, or anything like that, any practical tools you can tell people as you do it? Well, we've always been a, um, we always, we, we were a boating, we were boating when we were dating, you know, we're boating was a on part your of first our date, life. right? <laughs> and, uh, but when we, when we adopted Michael 21 years ago, um, it just wasn't good for our lifestyle. It wasn't good for him. It was just not a good family fit. And then of course, going through the, the business transitions and then starting C12, it didn't, it went from not fitting for the family to not fitting for economically. And it just wasn't good stewardship. And, and so uh, I think it was about, um, gosh, it was like a little over a year ago that we started thinking, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's time. Kelly kept giving me maybe next year, maybe next year, you know, and I was like this year, this year. And um, <laughs> next, next year in Jerusalem. <laughs> so um so we just kind of check and balance on that and then and then it was like you know we're just in our in our own individual prayer and abiding saying you know yeah I, I think it's time and and um kind of set our sights on um on a on a day boat um something that was um you know wasn't going to be too expensive it was something that we could uh maintain pretty easily and um, I, I, I had my sights on a used one in Connecticut and I was wanted to go look at it. And the dealer got back to me and said, I'm sorry, we just took an off on it. This was uh, a year ago, January, because I did, I did a two day retreat just before we, immediately before COVID hit. Went off to a hotel by myself, spent two days just in, in the word and, and uh, praying. And um, this guy gets back to me on the first day of my retreat and, and sends me an email that, the deal's falling through. Um, you're next in line. You know, you want to come and take a look at it. And uh, before I passed that message on to Kelly that night, I just, you know, I prayed about it. And I, and I got up in the morning and I opened up my Bible and I got back into my retreat and abiding. And and as as clear as my voice is on this microphone, God said, do not buy the boat. Mm. And, I, and I wrote it across the top of the page in my Bible. <laughs> do not buy the boat. It's like, okay. Um, I think it took me a few days to tell you that even the guy had even come back around and everything. But told it, it doesn't really matter because God said, do not. I mean, he was, again, it's right in the top of my right side of my Bible. Do not buy the book. So we continue to search and pray about what we wanted. We got Hold on. Hold on. At that point, Rick, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this is really apropos to things we were talking about. Yeah. Um, you wanted the boat. Why were you obedient to what he's what because uh, we've talked about uh, mm -hmm. uh, and we are going to talk about covenant of uh, if you hear my voice and follow what I say the yeah. blessings are going to uh, overtake you why were you obedient to that instruction uh, I would say two reasons I said, one reason is I I in our in our earlier um, time of marriage and whatnot was just a really terrible steward and I was afraid that I would be, um, uh, you know, I would be really stepping out of, you know, stepping back into my old ways. So I had a fear on that, but I also uh, had learned enough about our abiding that, that that also meant God might have something better. <laughs> yeah. So between the two, between the, the fear of going out of his will 
and falling back into my old habits and the excitement of that he might actually have something better. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so we went down a path on, on what we thought we would like and it seemed like it would be amazing. And, and uh, it was a year ago, right? July, we went, uh, went and looked at another boat and uh, it was just before we went on vacation. And, and while we were on vacation, we, we were in agreement that we were gonna make an offer and God just each day was holding me back from calling and making the offer. Mm. And um, Kelly was asking me each day, you know, did you make the offer? No, why? Just don't have peace about it yet. And she was, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, and uh, came back from vacation immediately and said, okay, I'd like to make an offer. And the guy said, no, nope, we took an offer on it yesterday. It's been accepted. You know, I'll let you know if the deal doesn't work out. Okay. I've learned to, again, enjoy and relax in that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not get frustrated about it. Another deal came up the beginning of December. Um, something a little different, a little bigger, a little nicer. Um, Kelly really liked that one. <laughs> so uh, we made an offer quickly and the dealer came back and said, well, we've got three offers. They're all above asking price. Give me your best offer. And Kelly's like, I am not making an offer over asking price on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I was insulted. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so mad? I don't know. I'm just mad. <laughs> she wanted that boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at my price. Yeah. How, how dare they so, do that? So we just, again, just in total peace, just kind of let it go. And then without going into the whole story, we we were going on uh, down to Florida for a little five-day warm weather, the 1st of February. And um, I just, before we went, I started looking at, something even nicer and bigger and uh researching a little bit and and digging into it a little and and there was a boat happened to be 20 minutes from the hotel we were going to in uh fort myers in sanibel i said well we're going to be there you know what's better than going to look at a boat on a day and um god provided an amazing deal uh at a time when deals are not being made mm -hmm. uh, I, I would say easily five to 10 times what we ever would have expected. Um, we, we just continue to look at it and shake our head and thank you, Lord, this, this was pretty cool. But, uh, and but worth I, waiting I will, for. <laughs> well, be, like I couldn't even have dreamt about this boat. I, I just, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But um, Rick and I, when we found the boat, we both agreed we liked the boat, but we wanted to hear from the Lord to make sure he wanted us to have the boat so we both um decided we were going to abide pray um and come back and meet um to talk about it and i um the law i worked through some of our old issues that we had when mm. we had the boat things that were a concern of mine the lord put them to rest for me and then Rick came to me and he said, oh, at first um, I felt the Lord saying no. And, and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> this, is a boat. this is a boat I want. What do you mean saying no? <laughs> but he, he was throwing out a little teaser. Well, just actually God did begin to tell him no. Um, and, then, and then worked through. And really it had to do with the fact that apart from not being good stewards, the boat was an idol. 
um, mm. 24 years ago. It was an idol. And so we wouldn't go to church. We wouldn't <laughs> go through all kinds of things. The vote, the vote was way over God. Mm. And that could, could not happen again. Nope. Yeah. But certainly the temptation would be there. But so the Lord took both Rick and I in totally different ways through that um, so that we could recognize it. Um, know that that is not what we want to go back to right. again. And then he released us and then super abundantly blessed yeah. us. I mean, if I had my choice, I would name the boat so blessed. Mm. <laughs> because It's just unbelievable. Just yeah. really and more than you could ask for. I love what you're saying there. And, and what you guys don't know is um, the taping that we've been doing this week. We have actually spent a good amount of time talking about how just simply by abiding and staying connected to God, he yeah. will bring idols down. Um, yes. In fact, we, we answered a viewer's question about yeah. that. And what you guys just described, you know, was a year long process of him, him putting the dream in your heart and saying, yes, I've got this for you. Yeah. But then as you abided on it, he took that time to bring the idols down before yeah. he delivered the blessing. And what a beautiful example you just teed up for us. But connect the dots too. I shared earlier about writing out my heart's desires. This boat would fit the heart's desire where none of the other ones that we tried to make offers on and whatnot really did. Wow, that's excellent. I Isn't love that it. cool? That I is cool. It. Yeah. Um, and you described, um, at th as you went through the process, uh, and you, you, you expressed it very, very well and very clearly, is uh, each of those moments, uh, you said you didn't have peace about something mm. or that you got that conviction is, no, no, we're not going to overbid for this. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to have, but nah, we're not going to do it. Um, what, when you say you didn't have peace, what did, what did that look like to you? Because uh, that's how God's will is confirmed, particularly in unity, is you both get peace mm -hmm. about it. And either one of you or both can say, eh, I don't have peace about that. Like, like you said, Rick, I didn't, I didn't make the offer because I didn't have peace. When you say that, what does that look like? What does that mean? Mm. Wow. I, I, mean, it's, it's, I guess the best thing to say is that check in your gut. It's just that, um, that uh, hesitancy that you feel you need to make. Right? Like this just, just doesn't feel like where he's leading. You know, he's just kind of... Um, uh, there's a yellow light, you know, it's not a green light and there's a yellow light. It's like yep. caution, just yep. slow down here. Yep. Um, just not being comfortable about it. And, and I had that fear of it falling back into an idol and things. And that whole process, God did peel that away through that process, mm -hmm. but yeah, just not, not, yeah, not having peace about it and then having complete peace as each one went away. Yeah. Um, and as you've learned that, uh, which you've, I know you've experienced with other decisions, um, and you and you start to realize that was God, that was the Spirit, um, and you and because of of that, as you go forward with this, um, it sounds like you guys have become much more sensitive to that mm -hmm. and completely willing. Eh, if it's if it doesn't it come to peace, yeah, you know what, we're just going to wait. Um, uh, and it seems like that's it's becoming an easier thing for you. By far. Yes, and I would really attribute that to um, our abiding practice. Yeah. Right. Because as the more and more that we that we abide, we understand abiding. We are connected twenty four seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
then you're much more sensitive to what the Holy Spirit has to say. And I would also add, so peace, having peace is a little difficult. Yes, it's a little difficult to explain, like having that a little gut check, but also lacking um, the joy of the spirit mm. um, was also very, um, very much a part of that. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah, and what you're describing too is um, uh, because God's, see, God's will is bigger and drawing you to a bigger story and um, you understood, oh, we'd like to have a boat. We'd like to, it'd be nice to have a boat. You already recognize, yeah, we had a few problems with how we were approaching the boat before and you just sought God and he just took you to a true, a true freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, because your heart is now at the right place, you can enjoy the boat. And by the way, I'm not going to be replaced by the by the boat because <laughs> he's not going to give you a boat and have have himself replaced by it. You know, so um, he had to, he had to take you through that heart stuff uh, along mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, therefore, we named the boat the Mishkan. By the uh, way. Yeah, explain that. What there's a great great meaning for that word. What does that mean? Yeah, so uh, so the Mishkan, uh, going back into the Old Testament, particularly when you look at where Jethro went to visit uh, Moses, and yep. uh, they went into the tent. Uh, tent and of there meeting. were times throughout the Old Testament where they would go into the tent to pray, to gather, to uh, fellowship, uh, hang out, hang out with each other, hang out with God. And the tent was movable. They would move this tent around from place to place. Yep. And the translation of that word tent is actually Mishkan, yeah. M-I-S-H-K-A-N. So yeah. that is that is the name on our transom. And every week I get to tell the story of why it's called the Mishkan. Mishkan, yeah. Somebody <laughs> walks down the marina dock and go, what's that? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. Uh, and it truly is. I mean, I'm I'm taking two of our members that have had some real struggles in their in their family in the last year, and I'm taking them to abiding and we're meeting at 630 on Friday mornings on the Mishkan. And and uh it's awesome. Yeah, it's that's beautiful. great. Yeah. And it sounds like that's been a good, uh, uh, wonderful experience for you two and your family to enjoy the gift that God gave you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's yeah, beautiful. Well, we're, uh, we're just thrilled uh, of what you've shared. Um, uh, Kathy and I always are so excited uh, mm-hmm. to, to just have uh, you explain in real practical ways you know, how the life of God is. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, as, as you as you can understand, you know, we keep saying it's best and none better. Why would you not do this? You know, um, and you're, you're a living example of that, of, uh, we can see it in your face. We can see it in your heart. Uh, and the joy of it, uh, is evident. And so we're, we're just so thrilled that you uh, shared that with us. We look forward to having you back and, um, uh, we'll catch up again and see what's next, but, uh, you're on this great adventure and we're, we're thrilled about it. And I'm expecting an invitation down to your boat sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's great. We a would like C12. How about a C12 couples meeting? That we would like. We would like to be on that tent of meeting boat. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, thank you for inviting yeah. us. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Yep. Thanks uh, for sharing thank with you. us, guys. Uh, you guys hope are every, such a blessing. Hope everybody enjoyed uh, guest day today again with uh, Rick and Kelly and. Uh, such a treat uh, to have you on. We wish you well and pray, and I'm going to keep praying for you. And, and Kathy, we will see you uh, tomorrow on uh, Absolutely. Uh, what we call, Rick, uh, Good Times, End Times Friday. 
so we're we're going through a series on uh, uh, what what does it mean to the end times? What does it biblically say about the end times and the remnant? And uh, and we're just going through the Bible on that. So uh, it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, it's to, fun. Uh, uh, so we're yeah. excited. Anyway, you guys have a good uh, evening, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.